Take the baseline out. Uh huh. Chico. Uh -huh. Bounce with it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Welcome to Me, You, and the Scoo. Thank you for joining us. Uh, pleasure to have you here. Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah. Well, a little early for that, I, I would say. I think it's much too early for it's that. It's much too early for it's that. It's December. Yeah, it's early December. Everybody's though. got their tree. You have your tree. I have. We have our tree. It's yeah, the 7th. Just because a tree is up, though, does not mean that it's necessarily Crimbus already. Right, I agree. I agree with that. You know, but it certainly is the season. Uh, uh, you can. It's it's easily sayable. I could tell you Merry Christmas anytime in December, and it would be you know, totally you know, acceptable. Do you, know how I I, do you know how I know it's not Christmas except yet? Do you know how Christmas. I know? I'll tell you how I know. It's how do you know? It's 71 degrees outside. It's 71 degrees. It's a brisk. It's a brisk 71 degrees with partly cloudy skies. Uh, so we have no gobe here tonight. Yeah, Max is out. So Sands the gobe. No gobe. Uh, so you'd be missing Max talking about a certain football team. The San Francisco the 49ers? San Francisco, which, oh, they, uh, they, uh, if you weren't paying attention today. Uh, I was not paying attention. Please they tell got, me. They got spanked by the Oakland Raiders of yeah. all teams. Oh, really? It, so is this, the, is this the Raiders' first win, or have they already done their second, second win? Second oh, win of the okay. season. The whole season. The second you know, win. I, I popped into, <clears throat> of all places, the Cork the other day in the afternoon on a weekday for, High -end for a happy hour beer. And there was $2 like... Beer. There was a Raiders game on that day, and Raiders. there were people there who were like into it. Well, because the Raiders, the Raiders were originally an LA team. You know that? That's right. The Raiders were here, and then the the Rams but were here. I remember they, they were all went. they were all upset because they couldn't get the Directv to work correctly, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna miss the game." What a shame. Was it was it not scaled right? I bet it was scaled. No, they really. couldn't get the channel to come up. It was like the service. I don't know the, the NFL ticket thing. You know the yeah. whole. They might, I bet, do you think the court can afford that? You know, you know how much those packages <laughs> those packages are so expensive. They have it. They have anyway, the full thing. This is not the point NFL of the story. Sunday ticket. Leave that it whole to Lola Rosa to well, latch on to the one part that I was not trying to illustrate <laughs> at all. Okay, well, uh, anyway, so what's the, deal of, with the, what's the deal with the Niners here? Well, just speaking of uh, football and all things football, our uh, fantasy league is coming to Oh, mind. Jesus. Fantasy. favorite thing to talk about. Addison, Addison, because he's the, he's, he's the only one who's done it before. I'm, I this is, I'm the first time. He clinched playoffs. I've been, I've been in early. first place. I've been in first place for the last, what, 10 weeks? I think I think there was one week I was in second place to EV, yeah, and then I came in. Uh, I'm uh, so happy that we're discussing this. this Timon has completely given up, not even setting his lineup. He almost he he almost he almost he, he almost <laughs> kept, he almost kept me out of the playoffs today. But I think big stuff happened today. Big stuff. Jamal Charles, who who got hurt. And then oh, made God. and then and then tripled his this points. Is, it was like, Al Davis. oh, it was the best. It was. We've got a well, pretty good guest on the show uh, tonight. Today we do a relative. Uh, I, Another close associate of Wilderosa. Uncle Bill. Uncle Bill is the best. Uncle Bill is. Yeah, we think you're gonna like him. Yeah, he's he's the youngest uncle I have because my my grandmother had she had ten kids. My mom's number six. Ten kids. That's, a lot that's, of kids. That's Sicilian Catholic stuff right there. That's a whole lot of people. <laughs> yeah, that's so, a whole lot of people. Um, that's a lot of people. I I'd like to bring this up because uh, I did not discuss this with you or anyone. I'm excited now. This, and this, so I'm bringing it up on the show. Uh, Jonathan Park, JP, you know JP? Yeah, JP. Yeah, is now going to be my assistant at work. Oh, oh no way! That concerns, that, cool? that concerns nobody of the, on the show. I don't well, think. I know. I just thought I. I, thought Dude, I well, Addison, okay. Here's, here, okay, you were talking about Christmas before. I want to hear your Christmas tree story on the air about how you oh. got your Christmas tree. Nicole, Nicole, and I. Uh, we don't. We drive coupes. She has a Mini Cooper. I have a BMW coupe. It's called just being rich, folks. We're definitely not. Just making tons a, of a dough. BMW with ninety thousand miles. You're just, on just it. making so much money you can't even keep track. So much cash. Anyway, um, so by, we, by the way, I just want you to know before you tell the story that you could have called me. 
I could have. And I, I could have, but I then I would have gotten this response. Hey, uh, Scott, I'm, oh looking, I'm looking to get like a Christmas tree. Like, can you, can you come help? <laughs> what, you, what you don't know. And no, no, but I, no, I would ask the question and then this is, this is the only response I would get. Here it is. Uh, hey, Scott, can you help us out? <sighs> that's what, that's what, what I would you, get. What you don't know is that I am the king. Thank you, Bill, for all these sound effects. <laughs> I am the king of not wanting to lend my truck for any services that's with right. the exception of the holiday season. Okay, I, I love Christmas. I didn't know that. And I will, as long as I don't have to lift or carry a tree, <laughs> you can use my vehicle. Okay. I did not. The, the, the thing, so, I did not know. The, the thing, the thing, tell us, tell us what you had to do. Go ahead, Bill. No, no, I, I just, I, I feel so bad. Scott is the only person that owns a truck with a bed and it, it, it is a huge burden. People don't know the burden of owning a pickup truck. They don't. But you have to know when you, when you get a truck that you're signing up for that. You can't claim like yeah, but to, you, to be a victim. I, really. feel, I feel like the first time you get asked to do that, you get sucked in and say, all right, fine, yes. And then the second time, you just have to come up with some excuses. And then from then on, you're pretty good because you, you could... You bit, sure you're like, you're that guy's a, a dick. Of excuses. That guy's a dick. He doesn't let me borrow his truck and people right. leave you alone. Right, people start leaving you alone. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. And then I also heard this. I also heard this from one of my coworkers. He was telling me a story because he used to have a truck and he used to have people move. So he said that whenever someone would ask him, can you help me move? He would say, well, okay, yeah, but I have a cab on the back. So you're going to need to come over at like six in the morning. We got to take the cab off, put it in the back. Uh, and then I got to drive, do one or two errands and then I'll be there. And then we can come. And then people are like, oh, no, that's, that's okay. Oh, look at, like you just a, make it laborious. You just make it so hard yeah, for them. Yeah. That's really smart, actually. So long story short, you uh, ended up having to do what again to get your tree? Uh, Nicole and I live across the street from a Ralph's, and it just so happens that they sell Christmas trees at Ralph's, if you didn't know. Uh, and so we basically walked <laughs> our tree, bought it, bought it at Ralph's, walked this. it across Ventura Boulevard um, in heavy traffic, uh, holding a tree, and it was very Christmasy. It was fantastic. There was a few people that did laugh and it's smile. It's it, what, it's, what, it's a good block and a half, maybe. I think it's a very maybe. romantic story. It's, a very, it's our first Christmas tree. And then, you know what's even more romantic? The couple's first Christmas. Um, is Crim- that is the Crimbus. is the uh, really frustrating part of getting the wooden base that they nail onto the yeah, bottom really, of the tree on? So is this supposed to work like when you cut a flower in your garden and then when you go to put it in a vase, you cut the stem once yeah, more? Are, I are guess. You, are you not supposed to saw off? You know, could, could, is there, you, is, we couldn't if we wanted to. Is there is there a secret? Have you ever heard of a hacksaw? A hacksaw. Is there, is there a charge you can get that'll? Uh, oh, make like it if cheaper? you gre- if you grease the guy yeah. at the tree lot, like oh, why don't Slip you cut this off? There's from- no, but there's no. It's not like Home Depot where there's a dude sitting there with a oh, chainsaw is going to cut it down. But the okay, <laughs> the the problem is even if we did want to cut it, like cut the bottom off, we you have to cut through like five or six super thick nails, like just. Huge now. This, we couldn't even this, get it. Uh, this sounds like a job for power tools. And guess in so you know, I eventually broke all the wood off the bottom. That's what she said. And then because we couldn't get the nails on because the hammer's not big enough. That's what she said. So all I, we just hammered the nails back That's into the tree. That's what she said. And uh, the tree hasn't she, hasn't drank any water. So, uh, <laughs> Wait, really? We're, so we're this a little is, concerned. So this is going to be dead like tomorrow. It's and highly then, possible. And then because be I made the mistake of telling you I would have helped you with the tree, now I have to. You're going to have to come. And have get have you tree. heard about the whole? It's a good tree, though. <laughs> have you, have you heard about right like the Coke theory? You put you put, you put Coca Cola in the bottom, and I like thought, it, it does something. Mm, there's a Coke theory about almost everything. Does it? Uh, does Coke uh, dissolve nails? Wood nails? Or, uh, no, no. Well, no. Well, no I, there's something about how like the tree, like for the sap or something. I don't know. Maybe I should start like an app that has like it's like Uber, but we're like you. You have a guy like a guy Christmas comes tree. to help you pick idea. up your Christmas tree. No, that's probably a guy a with idea. a pickup truck shows up. Even better, there's just guy fucking delivers a Christmas tree to you. There you go, and but, it comes but you to need, wherever you are. But you get to choose. That guy could bring you a shit tree. 
Yeah, that's I mean, a problem. You, Douglas fir, you know, there's different varietals that you have. Nordic, Scott, Nordic, Nordic cherry. Scott has a. There you go, Scott Bill. has just a beautiful, majestic plastic tree. It's fantastic. I can't tell if you're being serious. <laughs> now, it is a nice tree. Don't get me wrong, uh, but there's nothing like a. That's like the cheapest tree, tree that they sell at, at Walmart. Uh, but, you know, I have certainly, uh, I thank you for mentioning it, I have gone, I would say, I'm starting to go slightly overboard on the decorating of my house. I'm just getting very into it. I'm very excited about it. But, but at the same I've time. I've been pouring money and time into it, and it's been a quite quite a fun hobby. At the same time, we asked you, and I remember it was me and Nicole, we were like, what are you, what are you doing for Christmas? What are you doing for Christmas? Everyone's like, oh, we're going home. And then Scott's like, I'm going to be at a Denny's at Christmas morning well, that's, by myself. That's why you've got it. Thank you, Bill. Uh, that's why you've got to, you know, embrace it and decorate the hell. The, you have you just, to decorate so into the Christmas. holy shit out of your house. And then, you know, just be really into it. And then I'm going to watch all of my Christmas movies, and it's going to be the best. And I'm only going to slightly regret not going Nothing. home. It'll be absolutely... You lose! Good day, sir! Oh, that goodness. movie is... Uh, uh, free on uh, Prime Streaming. Have so there you, you go. Have you seen the article that is Black where? Man. Where are they now? With all the people in there that are in that movie, I'm sure no. that they're nowhere. Uh, Charlie Bucket has given up on acting and gave up on acting a long time ago. Is now a vet. Oh, you know that he's now a veteran, like a, vet, a veteran. That's nice. Uh, no, not a veteran <laughs> of a, any wars. Um, I don't know what was it? the Augustus Gloob. The Augustus Gloob. Oh, yeah, he like yeah. he like runs some like German tax thing. He's oh, oh he looks embarrassing. He looks crazy. But anyway, <laughs> just look at it. Look at it. It it is interesting. Um, it's, and, you know, uh, it's really easy to forget how old that movie is. It, it, honestly, some of the restorations make it look pretty modern. Yeah, for sure. Well, well uh, we what do you say we uh, head into the next block, my friends? Let's do it. All right. Let's take a break. Let's get those phone lines going. We'll be right back here on Me and the Scoop. Don't go anywhere. Keep watching. Keep listening. We'll be right back. To the death of us, me and my confidants We shine, you feel the ambiance Y'all niggas just rhyme Body ounce though accumulates like snow We don't just shine, we illuminate the whole show You feel me? Factions from the other side would love to kill me Spill three quarts of my blood into the street Let alone the heat Fuck em. hate a nigga loving his life In no possible ways, no defense is fucking my Welcome back to the show. It's block two, of course, and that means it's time to hit the phone lines and uh, talk to our guest. Uh, we have uh, Will. This is your uncle today, right on the line. That's that correct. Right? Yeah, we have we have Bill DeFazio on the show this evening. He is he's he's my uncle, uh-huh. and he he's the drummer of a band called the called the Monomyth Inception. And he was also he's been in bands for years and everything. He's also a physician's assistant. And has and also worked in the ER for quite a few years and has a lot of crazy ER stories. That's that's quite a resume. It is, yeah. How, how you doing, Uncle Bill? I'm doing well, Will. Thank you, thank you again for having me on. It, it took a, a lot of a lot of lobbying to get me on here, and I really appreciate it. <laughs> not, not at all. So, we, we, we've been down for we, uh, as as all of our viewers know. Uh, we've been da- <laughs> we've been down for quite a while just due to holidays and different things and scheduling and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you're the you're the first show back since what mid mid November maybe. You're back, well, back guess, with a bang. I guess it's been a while, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. So there's a lot of pressure. There but, is uh, big time. There is big time. That's okay. I can handle it. I think. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, good. Well, good. How long have you guys been doing this anyway? Oh, uh, how long has it been? 
a little over a year. A year and a half. A year and a half, half yeah. almost. Now I'm asking the questions. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm, I'm <laughs> and we, of course, uh, we don't have any of the answers, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we sh- I should have gone over these questions with you before. You really should have. <laughs> Keep that in mind. I'm, I'm really sorry about that. Well, you know, <laughs> I got to talk to. It's okay. I, talk to yeah, I, I guess. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I guess a year and a half would be the answer to that. Yeah, no, yeah. Excellent. I, that's good. Good. Cool. Okay. Yeah, so what's uh, what's our first question for him, Uncle Bill? I was I was wondering what are some of your craziest emergency room stories. Like, just the um, craziest, well, gross, weird... I guess that is kind of a go-to, yeah. Well, yeah. there's a lot. You know, well, as a, it's kind of funny, because as a, as a PA, you know, a physician assistant, um, we I tended not to handle the really, really heavy-duty stuff, you know, the, the people coming in, um, you know, under... It's called a code or code blue, where they're actually out and you're doing CPR. I didn't tend to handle that stuff. But I got a lot of the... You know, first you get a lot of drug seekers, which is always interesting because they lie to you. There's, you know, people coming in looking for Norco. You guys have heard of Norco and Adderall and things like that, right? Uh, Adderall, 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 yeah. Trying to get get hooked up. Anyway, Adderall is a drug of abuse for most, uh, for a lot of adults now, and uh, it's an ADHD med. But but the main one, um, so we had this term called drug seekers where people were coming in, faking injuries, trying to get narcotics so they can go sell them. And you kind of go through... And this is just kind of an amalgam, basically, of, of drug seekers. There's, they, they come in, first they, they try to get these meds out of you by acting like they're in pain. But some of them aren't really smart. So they, they don't even look like they're in any pain, but they, they just come in and they say, oh, I need, I need a refill of my Norco. And you're like, well, I'm not going to give any Norco. And then, so they go from being really nice and familiar with you, and then the next step they have is they get pissed off at you. Can I say pissed off, by the way? Oh, oh we're, we're, you can say anything you like. Yeah, we're explicit on oh, good, iTunes, okay. so you can you can. And, and then so, so basically the three stages of drug seeking, the first one is they act really familiar and nice. The second stage when you say no is they, they get mad at you. And then the third stage is uh, they break into tears. And then so basically, <laughs> oh, wow. you're, you're, so I'm, I'm kind of like a gatekeeper for, for narcotics for these people. But but that's kind of that's just like a that, that you get that's like twenty percent of the patients you see, but you do get a lot of as a physician assistant a lot of things you get to sew up so a lot of laceration repairs, um, and some of them are pretty gnarly. I had this one guy, um, he was a, this homeless guy. He had, he was a psych patient too, so he had some mental illness issues, and um, he was actually in the main ER being treated by one of the main doctors because he got hit in the head with a bottle. Whoa! But the doc came, yeah, yeah, and, and someone <laughs> broke a bottle like right on the side of his oh head. Oh gosh! And uh, one of my one of the docs comes over to me and says, "Hey, Bill, you got time to sew this guy's ear up?" And so I go into his room, and it's this guy, this young guy, um, that's obviously, you know, not the brightest guy, but he's, his ear's basically in three different pieces just hanging off the side of his head. <sighs> so, so the hard part about doing laceration repairs isn't really, isn't really closing it up, you know, with sutures, but it's numbing it. So in order to numb this thing up, you have to stick needles either in the wounds um, which works most of the time, or you can do what's called a regional block, where you actually you inject lidocaine around the ear to numb all the nerves that run to the ear. So as I start doing this to this poor kid, he goes, oh, sir, I, you know, doc, I, they, and they all call, even though I'm a PA, they call you a doc all the time, you know, they always call you a doctor. But anyway, he goes, oh, doc, I don't like needles much. I'm like, that's okay, either do I. And I, I, you know, I always joke, I say, I, I always joke and say, well, don't worry, you know, we'll both keep our eyes closed, so everything will be fine. And then, he goes, <laughs> but, but this kid warns me, you know, I'm, I'm numbing him up, and he goes, uh, Doc, uh, you know, I think I'm in a faint. I don't feel so good. I'm like, ah, you're okay, because I'm, you know, I'm in a hurry. Everything you do in the ER, you're in a hurry. So I keep numbing him up with sticking this big old needle in, you know, right around his ear, and he does. He just passes out on me. Oh, and man. the scary part, yeah, he's just gone. You see his pupils dilate. You see him. He just turns green, and he's out. And and if he was like in his fifties, I would have called a code because I would have thought he was dying. But 
basically another 30, the next 30 seconds, I'm doing a chest rub on him. Hey, hey, come on, wake up. Come on, wake up. And eventually the guy wakes up. And I spend the next, it must have been 45 minutes. I put like 36 sutures in and around his ear. Um, wow. And pulled the thing back. I'm, I'm not exactly a plastic surgeon, but I was able to pull it back together pretty well. Um, and, you know, we got him out of there. He did a CT scan and everything was normal. Didn't have a major head injury. And the cool thing was, a buddy of mine saw him um, about um, about a week and a half later to do the suture removal, and he said um, he said actually it, everything came out fine. There was no, I mean, no, none of the circulation was cut off. It actually looked pretty darn good. So I was really happy about that. So <laughs> congratulations! <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's always good because you know, a lot of times in the ER you just treat people and you just don't know how you're. You're kind of like go home and you're like, God, I hope that ended up okay. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the, you know. It's, you know, sometimes you go home like, God, I hope I didn't give that guy the wrong med or something. I hope he didn't die on me. But uh, it's always good when they come back and everything's fine. So that was that was one of those examples. But, God, almost every, I mean, there were just so many. The ER is never boring. Even, even work, I work in an urgent care now, and even that's not boring. But it's just it's just never ending. It's, there's, there's, I guess it's job security, but... Do you ever, it's always very interesting. Do you ever get um, any, any, like, any like weird like gunshot wounds or stabbings and stuff like that? Uh, or is no, Sacramento well, pretty safe? Is that, or does that make Sacramento um, seem good? You know, the crime? thing is, it, it's Sutter General. The good thing about that was we didn't have, we weren't um, a major trauma center. So, I mean, we had a couple of, of minor gunshot wounds, um, but for the most part, we didn't get any of the big nasty ones. Those usually went to the UC Davis Med Center or to uh, Mercy San Juan here, you know, out in the uh, Fair Oaks area. Um, I did get one guy that <laughs> he had a bunch of facial lacerations, um, and it was it ended up being an assault case Whoa. because his roommate hit him in the face with a bong, and the bong <laughs> broke all over his face. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> exactly. yeah. so, so he had all these lacerations on his face from, you know, broken glass from a bong. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, oh, oh, you know, one of the – it's not one of the best things I got to do, but we used to get – um, a lot of these guys, they would come in, they're all dirty, and their skin is just torn up. Um, and these were the guys, the real geniuses, that would try to outrun police dogs. Oh, God. And, uh, and so if you're ever in position to, to try to outrun a police dog, don't. don't it do doesn't it. work out real well. And you realize that the dog really loves their job because <laughs> they just go for it. They they really yeah they really seem to enjoy it but they have you know pieces of I mean these, these guys are just torn up the dog will just grab them and just start tearing and and there's pieces of fat hanging out so you got to cut oh, all that wow. away and then you yeah nasty stuff so um, yeah oh, yeah God. again <laughs> so yeah I, I pulled I pulled tasers out of people too you know the little taser bars oh, oh yeah yeah. yeah so you have to yank those out too and and the funny thing is the cops are in there in the room with you. So you're in there taking a quick history on these guys, and, and you have to say, so what happened? And then the guy that you're, you know, the actual, the guy going to jail isn't real thrilled about telling you what happened. So the cops sometimes <laughs> say, oh, yeah, he tried to run away. We had to tase him, and so he's got a couple of taser barbs in him. And they're usually, what you have to do is numb that up and just kind of yank really hard. It's like a, oh, it's God. Like a big fish hook. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, so you have the guy on the gurney that's really pissed, you know, and swearing, and then the cops are making fun of him. <laughs> and then you're just trying, you know, I'm the healthcare professional. I'm trying to stay out of it and just kind of like, right. oh, God, yeah. let me get out of here. So you ha And it's just, yeah, it's, it's ugly, but it's pretty damn funny, too. So, <laughs> so yeah. coming from the emergency room to 
playing the drums in a rock band, like How there's, there's got to be like a, a correlation of energy, like thrill almost. Yeah, you know, actually there is a little bit. It's kind of funny. Uh, I mean, I, I, on the one hand, I mean, I love playing drums is just just a big release. It's just it, the amount of focus and, and everything I get out of it is really fun. And, and the ER is, ge- is just general, generally a level of stress. Um, you know, it's just you're constantly tense, and, and drumming kind of frees that. It's really nice. But, um, but yeah, there, is a, there, is, there are some similarities. There's correlation because... There's a lot of things I've done in the ER um, where I've, you know, I've learned, um, you know, through books or by someone, you know, by discussion or some kind of seminar, and things I've had to do there, where at the beginning of the procedure, I'm honestly not sure I'm going to do it correctly, mm-hmm. and so, <laughs> and so, but also like when playing drums, I mean, sometimes you improvise, sometimes you come up with something on the spot with your band, uh-huh. and you're not really sure how that's going to end either. Um, so the art of improvisation as a musician kind of, it does kind of translate to doing medical procedures or figuring out what's going on with someone or come, arriving sure. at a diagnosis and a decision. So yeah, there, you know, there, because there's an art and there's an actual, there's a craft and an art to both. Right. I mean, because in, in medicine, you, you have all this knowledge, you have all this training, but it isn't just that. It's your own personal experience. It's your own personality. It's your own way with people that allows you to do your job, you know, you know, that coupled with all the training and your own instincts based on all your experience. And, and, and being a musician is really similar to that because you have, you basically develop a vocabulary, um, of, of musical, you know, styles and, and in, in drums, you know, fills or different types of rhythms. And you incorporate that into your, you incorporate all these experiences, everything you've ever heard into your own style and, and, and medicine. So medicine and music, they're, they're both kind of a, a craft and an art at the same time. Do you? Um, I'd, yeah. I'd, li- I'd like to hear a little bit because I know that you've been a drummer for for what over twenty around twenty years now, roughly. Uh, God, you know, I think closer to well, I'm forty five. I think I started playing. Uh, I don't remember. I think it was five or six. I think it was like forty years. Whoa. Okay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> not too long. Since my yeah. older since yeah, not yeah. It's been a while. It's been a little <laughs> while. Yeah, but um, but I'd love to hear about like the the whole like because we've we've had singers on before and like frontmen of bands, but we haven't had a drummer on yet. And the the, di- oh, the yeah. dynamic of a drummer and dealing with different bands, I th- we, we've talked about this together before, and it's, it's, I always thought it was really interesting. Like when you start yeah, well, when you start I, with a new band or you you with an old band and how they want you to either like they want you to kind of stay stay in tune, just just like be the metronome of the band sometimes. Yeah, no, yeah, that's that's interesting to me. That's why when I got into this band, I wanted, I mean, because I played in um, in other bigger bands. When I was in college, I played like in a cover band that just did classic rock, um, and it was a six piece band. And so they always wanted, and I was only twenty one or twenty two, and so I was kind of had a different mindset anyway. But they wanted me just to lay back and just play the beat, you know, which is boring as hell. I mean, four hours of that just drive you nuts. Um, <laughs> Jesus. But but the bigger the band is, the more you have to do that. You have to kind of blend and just be the backbone. And then I was in a funk band for years. Uh, that was with Uncle Lou. We were playing a lot of, um, like, uh, Santana, Tower of Power, you know, average white band type stuff, which was really fun for the drummer, but you're still um, having to lay back a lot, you know, and, and not play too much, not be too busy. Um, and so, and, and that was really good. It was good training, but um, after, you know, and now that I'm in my 40s, I really wanted to be, like, in a trio where I could really play a lot. And that's what I get to do in this band. Um, it, I was, it's funny because after uh, after Grandma's memorial, what I was doing, um, I was talking to my cousin Rich. I have another, I have a cousin that's a really good drummer too. He's actually a professional drummer. He's made his living playing drums his whole life, and he's in his fifties. 
and we were talking about how other musicians there's like this cliche where they want drummers you know to they want them just to lay back and they say less is more and that's usually guitar players and keyboard players that just want to solo the whole time so they want the drummer to just not to not do anything you know don't do anything let me solo for 20 minutes you know and we were, and he was he agreed he it irritates the hell out of him too and i always joke that you know it if I'm going to be in a band and you want me to do that, you pay me a thousand dollars a gig and I'll do that. But right. if we're if we're paying to be here or we're not going to be making a ton of money, I'm going to have fun too. I'm going to play with taste, but I'm going to have fun too. Give me a break, you know. So, but there is there is a lot of drummers have a chip on their shoulder because you do get a lot of that. You know, you get a little bit of that attitude from someone you know that's fronting the band that may not even be as good as you are um at their craft but they're kind of trying to tell you how to play like they know what the hell they're talking about could you tell us a little bit about um about the name of the band and then i think we're going to run out of time after that but tell, tell us about a little bit about the band and a little bit about where the name comes comes from or oh yeah, yeah yeah the band it's it's called the monomyth inception um it used to be just called monomyth um and they evidently there's a there's another band uh, either on the east coast there's another one in europe too called monomyth and um, after they found that out, they had, they had to add something to it, so they called it the Mono Myth Inception. I think it was like in 2011 when the movie Inception came out. <laughs> <laughs> so they added that. I, seriously, I think that's why they added on to it. But the term, um, I actually looked it up before I joined the band. The term Mono Myth is, uh, as far as I can tell, now it's a literary reference to um, a theme, like, like a, a literary theme called The Hero's Journey. So, like an example is like Odysseus, or like a more modern example would be like Luke Skywalker, where they're, where the hero has this this journey, this like awakening, where they go from being like, you know, kind of ordinary, and then going through this process where they become heroic. Um, and so I'm not, I, you know, the two guys in the band that I'm with now, I don't believe they came up with the name. It used to be a six-piece band, and I think one of the other original members actually named it. But um, but it's kind of it's kind of an interesting name and. I think it's kind of odd, actually, but when I tell people that, I tell people the name <laughs> of the band, I start laughing. They ask me, what's the name of your band? Oh, it's the Monomyth Inception, and I kind of laugh. But, you know, considering the names of other bands, it's really not bad. It's kind of cool, really, you know? Yeah, for sure. Oh, oh yeah, sure. most definitely. Yeah, it could, be, it could be a lot worse, you know? Oh, absolutely. Could, yeah, yeah, so not too bad. But, um, but yeah, so... Um, yeah, it, it's just, it's just fun being able to play again. I I, did, I wasn't in a band for for a number of years, and now it's it's great getting back out there and and just kind of creating music. It's fun being an original band for a change too. It's you know I bet doing original music is really interesting. Definitely, Uncle 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 Bill, we're we're running out of time right now. But thanks a lot for being on the show. Okay. We're gonna play out oh. with it with a track. Yes, off heads. of the Monomyth Inceptions Head. album that just came out. If you are if you are no. listening right now, and if you are viewing <laughs> right now. Uh, you can find the Monomyth Inception on ReverbNation.com and I think on Spotify, right? That's correct. Well, there you have it. And we'll, of course, post a link, you know, from our various uh, internet, social media, and whatnot. Whatnot. Uh, thanks again for joining us. And uh, oh. we're, we're going to take a quick little break here, and uh, we'll be right back.
The culminations of all things Coast 103.5, your favorite soft rock holiday hits, and Taylor Swift with a selection off of her Sounds of the Season, the Taylor Swift Holiday Collection album from 2007 that you've probably never heard of because it's excruciating. She has made, she has made such, such a ridiculous turn. Because she would like she was she a country really artist. She lost no. her country roots. No, she was a country artist for a long time. Can you really? Can you really even say that though? Yeah, no. Go, Nicole Nicole played a, a country tune, a Taylor Swift country tune. I mean, there's country, country there's country influence, but and it's flair. A, but it's but. A completely different. She's completely. She's just pop. Now. But maybe that's what she needed. I mean, you, I mean, for God's sake, Katy Perry started I'm, out on a gospel look, record. She I was making Christian music. I don't blame her. I don't blame them. I'm just saying. You know, at the, some she's, point, so it's a 180. Man. At some point, they all just turn into this. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, you know, I heard uh, I heard that T Swift uh, cover of uh, what song was it today? It was one of the ones off of that thing, and I was just like, my god, my god. I think, by the way, and I'll say it, her new album is shit. Shit, nineteen eighty nine. I really? thought that was I thought that was I thought like you were, that was like right up your That's alley. Supposed to be oh, like no. award winning. No, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like the music is so. If, it sounds like that album was made in a day. Can we? Can we all admit? Anywhere, though. Can we all admit that uh, the Grammys, because the whole Grammy thing came out, can we all admit the Grammys are like basically worthless? Oh, they, yeah. They're, they're almost meaningless They're now. hilarious. Well, I'm, the thing, I'm just not sure what it's based on. Uh, I don't know what like makes anything anything or like what is like this is good. Can we uh, can we admit that Uncle Bill was great as a guest? Oh, no, he's Uncle great. Bill, Uncle awesome. Bill's fantastic. I saw, I saw the Monomyth Inception live a couple weeks ago, and seriously, like... Where Uncle, were they playing? They're playing it. I don't like way out in like Rockland. Oh, or something. Rockland. Rockland. There's a point where you leave. You leave. I really. <laughs> I really. He's in a rock band and he plays in Rockland. Well, no. I mean, he he, he lives like like a, like a couple miles from my parents' house in, in South Southland Park. <laughs> but when you leave like Sacramento City, there's a point where you hit where you hit you go deep. You at business eighty, this deep business eighty, <laughs> and it just turns into like white people town. And you're like, what? The, where, yeah. the, where the fuck am that's, I? That's that's where I went to. Uh, that's where I went to Thanksgiving for. That's yeah, essentially where we were. Yeah, it's just like it's so like, point proven. Yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah. I mean, it, but it's interesting. But it's just like it's just it's just funny. I don't know how to describe like there's no ethnicities in the entire room, and then I feel like the ethnic one because I look I, I got like a big ass beard have, and I kind of look weird. Have you ever been to Folsom? <laughs> oh, dude, at Folsom. Have you seen Folsom City College? No. Folsom City College is nicer than most state colleges. <laughs> you know what's really interesting? Folsom Prison. I was. I, have, I remember driving by and being really interested, and I was just sitting on my phone the whole I night, just ready like, for that oh, intro. Folsom Prison. Are you ready for this? What? I have three family members. No, wait, in Folsom. No, that work as correctional officers. I have, I have uncle. Are, are these the scarred? ones? Are these the ones into weightlifting? Can we get them one on the show? One of them into weightlifting. Oh, Let's get them on the show. Oh, Joe, we can get Joe on the show. Oh, Most I would definitely. love to hear some this of is, this yeah. stuff. This is not Joe, your brother. This is not Joe, your brother. No, this is Joe DeFazio. Right, right. But um, so Joe, Aunt Chris, Uncle Lou. Uncle oh, Lou. Uncle Louie. And, and, and Cousin Glenn. Oh, Dan, that's four. Co- cousin Glenn. That's crazy. Anywho, let's get this yeah. back, you know. The whitest family in the, the world. Ready, let's I, head I back to I, Podcast Town here quickly, for a second. Though, there, Joe, when Joe was at, uh, at one point, he was at um, uh, San Quentin. Guess who his inmate he had to take care of was? Oh, no. 
Scott Peterson. Oh. Have I told you guys this? The Northern no. California sensation. I've not heard any of this. Oh, my God. This so this very, uh, for anybody who's not familiar, this is the guy that killed his wife. Lacey Peterson okay. dropped her off in the boat. He said Scott Peterson was so polite and extra nice to him, it terrified the shit out of him. This is the one that gets a bunch of uh, like fan mail he claims from he had, like chicks. Joe yeah. had to deliver the fan mail to him. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Why can't we get this guy on the show? That's a great That's story. A great, it's a great Ooh, story. Uh, Scott Peterson? Well, he might be busy. And we can get him. We might be able can to Can you get imagine him. Scott Peterson on the show? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I didn't do it. I didn't have do you, it. Have you seen the things, the things about that trial that are hilarious? He said he was going sturgeon fishing when he was dumping his wife's body. Yeah. yeah. And the boat, yeah. He, the boat he used is so tiny, and sturgeons are fucking giant. No, my favorite is when they tapped his phone, and there was some, like, he was listening to a voicemail, or, like, someone, it was, whatever the circumstances of it were, he had, like, almost been caught, and he was like, like as he was listening to it, I remember hearing it on the radio and thinking Whoa. it was the funniest. Yeah, thing. dude is super guilty. Yeah, yeah. well, it's you so, know, so scary. He's such a sociopath. So what did we learn here, kids? You know, if you're gonna kill your wife, do you probably don't do it. Yeah. But also, if get you a do divorce. Do it, That's what you do. You gotta you just really make sure all that those eyes are dotted and that those T's Look, are crossed. You know? Don't kill the wife. Just get a divorce <laughs> and get a really good lawyer. That's what you do. If you're <laughs> that's gonna, what if a that's sensible person do. does. But, you Jeez, know, yeah, it's just, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, sensibility is, uh, you know, you got to throw caution. Goes out the window. Anywho, uh, <laughs> wow, that was a tangent if I've ever heard that of That was a serious tangent. But come on, Scott Peterson, like, you haven't heard about that guy in forever. Yeah, I know. The other That's one, true. the other what the other inmate he took care of was uh, Charles Ng. No, who was that? Charles oh, Ng. my was God. He, was he the guy that, like, killed a bunch of people up in... Um, in the mountains and in the had, mountains he has he, footage of all of it yes yes oh god what format i read though i read it's that guy's vhs oh. he's so scary he's oh the, it's terrifying he's the scary oh. terrifying stuff and the footage i've seen <laughs> clips before they do anything and you i've seen clips of just a girl sitting in a corner looking scared oh, oh i think like, i've heard about this my, girl. the, the oh my hair gosh. on the back of my neck is like raised up right now that that is the sickest like, terrifying Oh my god! Dude. Well, I think we're all gonna sleep easy tonight. Yeah, yeah. No, that that uh, dude's on death row. Just oh yeah, no, I'm rotting death, away. Death row's not enough for that guy. No, it's crazy how long people sit on death row though. Well, it's just really well, hard it, to kill people nowadays. It's on. Uh, it's on. It's it's like death. The whole death row, like the death penalty in California, is on like a big appeals thing. So all yeah. those dudes are just sitting. Like there's some of them that have even gone past the date that they were supposed to be killed. That uh, I always think about that Daniel Lugo guy from the Painting Game movie. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. real case, he's still on death row in Florida. Jeez. And that's from the nineties. So oh. it's crazy. Yeah, that's that's the thing is like, but it's also interesting because if you think about it, there's no like it just. Do you hear about those guys recently that have been in prison for twenty years on death row and were found innocent? Oh God! That's why you can't kill people. That's <laughs> right. That's why you almost well, can't. You can't kill them because that's like, why you gotta get, get all. I mean, unless out. unless like Charles Lang, you have footage of him killing people. That, that guy dude needs, is he needs to die. He's toast. But the, but there's this poor dude was in prison. Trial by Will DeRosa. Yeah, there's this poor dude, and it's like well, if, if judge, jury, and executioner. Dude, judge, Judy, executioner. Well, the thing is, like, picture like picture like there's like there's like if there's direct footage and it's like the guy's face, he kills somebody. Done. It's like you it's have you. Man. It's like it's over. Put him down. It's over. But, but yeah. Could you imagine being put to death and you're you're actually innocent? You're not the crazy guy yelling, "I didn't do it." You didn't do it. I think there's a lot of good movies and TV shows about that. There's like a million, but yeah. But it's just like, but yeah, it actually happened for real recently. I've been meaning to rewatch uh, Shawshank. Oh well, there, I haven't seen it in quite a while. We went to uh, Alcatraz because I went. We went Ooh. to. Have Alcatraz. you seen Escape from Alcatraz? I love the Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. I love that movie. I remember watching that as a kid with my dad and being really, really stressed what out. Year, was, what year was that movie made? Somewhere in the seventies. Well, what is the what is the what is the period in which the movie is in? 
I think it takes it's place in the forties, forties or fifties. Oh, so it's like it's it's a period piece. Yeah, it is, yeah, because yeah, there was a big escape. Then they never the caught one. those dudes. Yeah, they never caught yeah. them. They, they never could caught be, they could be running around. They could be running around. And it's funny because the that's original, an interesting case to follow. I've the, read about it. The original report said the that there were no stolen cars. There were nothing, uh, like well, the not myth, in the area. The Mythbusters guys did. There was. They tried to swim. Like a blue car, a blue car got stolen that night. Near, near, like a place where they the guys would have swam to shore. Up. Yeah, so they wow. could have stolen. They could have stolen the car and driven away. And they didn't revive. I always loved the image of the paper mache heads. Uh-huh. Something really, so kind of really about disturbing. That. There actually, is something though. amazing. Yeah. Apparently, the guy, the the guard who found them, thought that when he knocked him over, it was like, "Oh, wake him he up!" He broke his head. He broke his head. He thought like he decapitated him. <laughs> And so they're like, Jesus. "Don't touch it! Don't touch it!" And then they realized that they got they got duped. You've been, you have been punked. So, but but how? But for how long? So that you you tap the guy, his head falls off. Oh, probably for like f- two two or three minutes when people are running around trying to figure <laughs> out what's going you, on. But could you imagine? <laughs> like, and so you just <laughs> took this guy's head off, dude. I just poked it once, and the guy's head was like. <laughs> Oh my god, that's incredible! That's pretty funny. But but, those, but just like but that gave him a bigger head start because they were like, we we got to find a way right. to report this correctly because right. you just knocked his head off. Right. That's funny. <laughs> I like that. I've never heard that. Yeah. Is that, but yeah, that's one? the movie that if it's on AMC, like my my dad just stops and we're, we're, <laughs> Richard Rosa sitting in front of that TV. I can see it. Actually, I can see it. Well, actually, we're gonna watch it. He actually haven't seen it before. I've seen it like eight times. I, I really <laughs> like it. But he's like, do, do you know what this is? I'm like, yeah, Dad. Escape from New York with uh, Escape from Alcatraz. Escape from Alcatraz with um, Escape from Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. There's also someone else in it. Very comparable too. film. And I, I literally like list the whole like cast to him. He's like. You're, that's right. <laughs> How did you know that? It's it's like, Dad, I went to school for this nonsense. Like, I I, I know this is the this one is, thing I'm supposed to be qualified. It's the only to thing like I'm supposed to be good about. at. You yeah. have a degree in this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you have it. Yeah. No, Alcatraz is a crazy place. It's cool. It's it's super interesting. How about the movie The Rock? I was just gonna bring that up. That movie, Speaking of film school how come and the, Alcatraz, how, how come that the movie, movie that would come up a little too often? It's unfortunate that that movie did not come at, uh, out at the time at which Dwayne The Rock Johnson could be in it. Could you imagine? The Rock in The Rock? The, the Rock in The Rock. Wow. Have you guys, have you guys seen the Hercules movie with him in it? I want, I you know want to a, see it. You know it's a by Brett Ratner? Ratner film. That's a yeah. Ratner film. I heard it's a horrible piece it's, of uh, shit. It's an embarrassing piece of garbage. Jackie Chan. Now, granted, screen. I haven't seen it all the way through. I've just worked on it a little bit at work. Do you understand what's coming out of my uh, mouth? It's yeah, it's impressive stuff. So, so what, is it just him like running around like in computers? I assume, I assume right. There's well, that's the well. Everywhere. They actually, uh, you know, they pride themselves on how much practical stuff they did, but it's still super visual effects heavy. Yeah. I don't know. It's it seems to be like a movie made for kids. Did you guys yeah. see the new Terminator Six trailer? No. Is it six? No, they it's just five? keep making the same. I think movie, it's five, man. right? You ready for this though? They keep okay. doing it. EVTV, yeah. EVTV. Showed me, so he sent it to me. I'm like, oh damn! I watched it literally within minutes of it dropping. Uh-huh. And at first, I was like, what the hell? Because you got like Arnold shooting at Arnold, the younger Arnold, right. and you're like, how does that even make sense? Right. And first off, why is it why is a Terminator aging? Right. He's a Terminator and he's aging. He's a yeah. Okay, but the thing is though, there's a guy. A, a guy explains it in this other video. Who's like one of those like YouTube guys where he's like, hey guys, uh, so today I'm gonna describe what happened in yeah. uh, the Terminator exactly. Genesis trailer. And uh, he's if all, you didn't know. He's all he's all like jump cut. And he's like, uh, 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 and he like he, he bump it he's around. Funny. All right, subscribe, subscribe. Okay. Subscribe. But whatever. So one thing he says though that. It actually made me really like it. He said the reason that Arnold's character is aging is because a T-100 is a living exoskeleton or it's a living living tissue on top of a, of a of like the of steel. A robot. He's saying so it's a living tissue. It would age. How interesting is see that like made me like I was we like I don't know. Got to conclude. I'm not a big here. Terminator guy. 
I, 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 <laughs> oh I love my it. god, that's amazing! I love how that all built to gas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, like, I guess that's pretty cool. I'm not. I'm not a big like. I don't know. That was amazing. This is how that's this, like, this, this went over. This is like me, you, and the school history right there. Well, we want to thank you for joining us, and especially thanks to Uncle uh, Bill for coming in, uh, uh, joining us. Uh, you know, to do, uh, discuss Give us the, the things that he does. You know, and um, I think that this discussion of the Terminator thing was the most boring thing I've ever had to listen to in my entire life. <laughs> it's uh, Scott. It's complete, I think you I've lost it. brain cells. You I mean, look at me. I can barely form a sentence. You haven't even seen T two all the way through. So I know. I, I, you I know. can't even T two. Oh, oh my god. I think the only time that I've actually so watched the Terminator all the uh, all the way through was on VHS. So you would appreciate that as well. Whatever. This is just a spite. You look how mad he is. That was the, the first, the first, it's like you offended his family. The first time I saw the I, I saw the Terminator was on VHS. That's not a big problem. That's that kind of why I did it. Actually, it felt like you know if I had seen this when I was supposed to, it would have been on that format. Yeah, because so we go. didn't exist in 1984. So well, true. On that note, <laughs> thanks again for listening and watching. Like, comment, and subscribe. There you go. We'll see you next time. I'll meet you in the school. To my demise, J shits like cake mix. Watch me ride, basics in the basement, wasted. Asking my dog for advice, and when he can't say shit, my hatred is for you. Just give me a sign, and I let the world know that the city is mine. Whoa.